Hello and welcome to Just Throw, a disc golf conversation with the Puttheads. Today, we're going to talk about casual. What's up, disc golfers? This is Disc Golf Chris from the DG Puttheads. I'm joined with Rodney here again today. How's it going, Chris? Good, Rodney. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I want to give a quick shout out to the pod father, Patrick. Uh, we miss you. Uh, every time we record, we, we, we wish you were with us and hopefully you'll be able to join us soon. Um, uh, I think most of you know the pod father started everything with the Zen Disc Golf podcast and his book, Zen and the Art of Disc Golf. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you should check that out. And don't forget that he's got another book coming out very soon. That's right. It's a great book on the mental game of, of disc golf, which is often ignored when we're doing field work and everything else. So I recommend you check it out as well. So one of the things that we've learned from Patrick and uh, Zen and the Art of Disc Golf is how to relax and enjoy disc golf. You know, there's all sorts of strategies we talk about. Uh, we talk about our mental game. We talk about uh, being very strategic and planning things out. But occasionally we need to be a little bit more casual. Uh, I speaking for myself, I'm a very competitive person and Rodney. Oh man, I'm extremely competitive. <laughs> uh, I like to win. Losing makes me work harder. Uh, you know, second place, first loser, that kind of guy. Well, I, Rodney and I both, uh, both have played in many sports throughout the years. I'm sure that many of you can relate, uh, can relate to that. Uh, I played, I played lacrosse up through college and Rodney even tried out for the Baltimore Orioles. That's right. So yeah, we're competitive, um, and disc golf brings out the uh, the competitive side in us quite often. But you know, sometimes we got to remember that there's a lot of disc golfers that we know that are simply not competitive that want to just come out and have a good time, and and that's great. Um, it you know we we both appreciate uh, people like that, uh, and sometimes we both have a difficult time turning off our competitive edge yeah i envy some of the our friends they can just come out have fun and well just throw uh i i really envy that uh, sometimes i'm out there and i i don't think i show it very often but my attitude uh inside internally i want to <laughs> win and when i'm not winning it it makes me a little angry i still have fun but sometimes I, he gets big and green and right starts roaring. yes yes <laughs> so a couple of years back, this is what three years, three years ago now. I guess two years because this was just our third event. Yeah, we set up uh, an event to celebrate Rodney's birthday and his brother-in-law Matt's birthday, and we originally called the event Natal Fest. Uh, <laughs> you can figure that one out yourself. And we part of the reason we went with that name was to you know keep it casual, We're just having fun. Um, but one of the, the main event, the main goal of the event was just to get people out there, obviously to celebrate birthdays as well. But we've, we've all experienced a, a lot of difficulty getting, uh, some of our friends out to the course because when, you know, us being very competitive and especially if we're putting on a tournament, there's a lot of people that just don't want to come out and deal with the competitiveness. It's a lot of disc golfers that won't come out uh when it's when there's too much competition so we'll uh we tried to keep the event uh just a little bit more fun that's uh, yeah that's really true so matt's also a pretty competitive person the the three of us together we we have some good competition um previously uh, this celebrating matt and i's birthday has gone on for a while we've tried i don't know flag football we've done volleyball i Anything, anywhere we could compete and bring people out and compete. Uh, we've tried it all, but none of it really stuck around. And uh, until Chris joined the party and, and started thinking of, of other ways. So disc golf kind of is bringing everyone back together. Um, I think football didn't stick around because, well, we're not all as physically fit as we'd like to say <laughs> we are. But uh, so disc golf is an easy way to, to draw people out it's it's cheap and uh it's pretty easy to get the hang of it first so i i've enjoyed the last three years and i think this might be our longest running activity for for the gathering it's it's going on strong and it's building um we've recently changed the name to discception uh just because 
we wanted a little we wanted to be able to pub, uh, publicize a little bit and we thought natal fest might be a little too confusing <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh yeah and i had some nice artwork built up and everything but uh we we didn't end up getting enough people involved to use that artwork but we'll talk about that a little later uh, one of the really cool things that we've done with this event was uh well aside from keeping it non-competitive but we've we've added prizes for everybody and not you know extravagant prizes but we've put together prize packs and these prize packs are some of them are disc golf related but some of them are not one of the things that we talked about rodney as you know is a a big golfer and he's been through many through many golf tournaments and we realized that a lot of these uh disc golf tournaments that are out there have strictly disc golf prizes which is great for people like us that are diehard disc golfers but there's some people out there that okay they might get another disc or two it's neat but it doesn't mean as much to them so we've tried to uh cater our prize packs specifically for who's coming yeah and i think that that works out really well uh i prefer some disc golf related prize but uh some of our other friends that maybe only play twice a year they're just out there for fun and the food and getting them to go home with a, a shirt or a bag or something like that. I, Sp- I think specifically cool. a nerd shirt or a nerd bag, <laughs> nerd shirts, nerd bags, anything that uh, we can get our hands on. We, we both work in tech and a lot of the people that came out work in tech. So we, we created these nerd prize packs with, uh, with all sorts of swag from these other tech companies that have dropped off shirts, uh, um, anywhere from O'Reilly and Plesk and all, all sorts of, uh, yeah, GitHub, I think GitHub, had some yep. stuff there. So, uh, yeah, th- those were pretty cool. So looking at how we designed this event, this is, uh, this is a strategy that we use, I'd say a lot. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners use this strategy as well. Knowing your audience, um, you, you really need to deliver for your audience instead of at them. Uh, so some examples, Chris, if, if I'm talking to a numbers guy like you uh, and I come to you with this grand plan and nice pictures, maybe some cool clip art and and uh, maybe a movie, I can tell you're cringing while I'm even talking about this. <laughs> Unless the clip art is disc golf baskets and the movie is of somebody putting. <laughs> <laughs> you're out. Well, I get bored. <laughs> right. So, but if I come to that, a numbers guy like you and I bring numbers you want to see data and you want not only want to see that data but you want to know did you even come up with that data correctly or did you copy that from google or did you copy that from google (laughs) that's right are you are your formulas correct are they even answering the right question um think about maybe some more visual type people that uh that would like a a nine minute youtube clip to set up your 45 minute PowerPoint presentation that has no numbers. And there's some people that that's how you actually have to get through to them. That's right. Uh, uh, what about, uh, you, you, I'm sure we've all worked with or for someone who's uh, more of the, the typical military general, very direct, <laughs> get to the point. Um, that guy probably doesn't care as much about numbers or your pictures. He just wants to move on to the next thing, right? And then we've got other people, maybe maybe more social people. So uh, when you're trying to sell something or communicate with, with these social people, they want to hear stories, personal experiences. And, uh, you know, how did you feel when, when you encountered that situation, that type of thing? Someone so, like them, the simply the number, the percentage of people who want this this product is not going to cut it. They want to know why what type of people want it who who wants it show them case studies right yeah so when you when you think about putting a, a small party together let's let's take it away from disc golf for a second small party if you're inviting let's say you invite 10 of your closest friends um i don't have 10 close friends so <laughs> i'd give you a, a nice applause there. i have 10 close friends and they're all discs they're all discs <laughs> um if you're calling someone your close friend, you know a lot about them, so you already know things that they would think are stupid, things that they would like to do. Uh, but what if you invite five friends and each one of those invites, uh, let's call it their brother-in-law. <laughs> um, now, you don't know this person very well or at all. How do you set up an event to make sure everyone has at least a chance to have fun? And that that really... Uh, it, that's how we've tried to look at some of our gatherings before. We might have some some games to play, uh, some card games. Some people don't like card games. It's too competitive. 
um, maybe we'll just have a, a movie. Well, some people don't want to sit and watch a movie. That's not enough action. One of the hard parts is, unless you are close to everyone, have everyone's contact number and have time, it's difficult to just call everybody up and say, hey, what do you want to do? Right. And then you still got to vote on it or whatever. So Vote. And then and not everyone. Uh, there's a lot of people that just want to hang out. So when you say, what do you want to do? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> but then, you know, some people that say, oh, no, whatever. Uh, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm not coming. That's stupid. You know, so sometimes uh, just surprise them. <laughs> yeah. so so one way you can get around that is you know plan an itinerary and say all right this is what we're going to do and have it all listed out and you know for for those people who like to be direct you can actually have it listed out by the time and amount of the duration for each activity of course they but, may just show up for the <laughs> three or four activities that they want but whatever well, that's that's exactly what i was going to say that's the problem because at least you know people know what to expect so at least you know that people who are there are going to enjoy it but then you might have some people that come for specific parts of it, or you might have people that just say, well, that's not what I want. So they're just going to not show up at all. And that's one of the things that we dealt with, with the disc golf tournament. Yeah. So some things that we learned planning this event, uh, like Chris said, this is our third year doing this. Uh, this year I think was, was the most open on the invite list. Uh, the first year was just everyone's close friends. Uh, the second year, I think we opened it up a little bit, but uh, I think we had maybe one or two more people last year. But uh, I think there, there were some scheduling conflicts this year. Was the, the yeah really big thing. Um, some folks moved away, and we had uh, yeah that, some that hurts too <laughs> scheduling issues. But not because of us. They, they had right? Their own thing well, going. maybe. Um, so some things that I just speaking of that. Some people that, that uh, verbally commit to your event, they're going to drop, all right? Uh, if yeah. you have 50 people, expect a few of them to drop out. Just just work that. Don't don't take it personal. I think that's that, that was easy for us. Um, but one of the things that, that really stands out to me is we need to start advertising an event like this earlier. Um, so we had people that couldn't make it. And I think a lot of it is because we didn't advertise what we were doing and, and when early enough. And uh, some some of our friends have suggested, oh, you could put it on disc golf scene to get some more people. And I, I'm a little up in the air on whether we want to do that because I'm afraid we'd maybe attract too many uh, people that are just out there to win. Hooligans. Hooligans. <laughs> like us. I, yeah, I mean, who would attract us? <laughs> who said that? Uh, I think we'd, we'd attract that. And I I would love to be able to do, uh, you know, some, some sort of large tournament someday, but... Um, we're trying something different in the disc golf world. So uh, I know for a fact that we had several people, actually one of them ended up having to work, but uh, he would not have come out had it been any any semblance of a competition or anything. So you keeping know, that. One thing you said right there is with people suggesting on disc golf scene, one reason that we also uh, shied away from that was because when you put something on disc golf scene, you get more people who are more into disc golf and are more likely to come out already. One of the goals of the turn of this tournament or event outing, whatever you want to call it, this casual casual ish event was to get people who aren't that into disc golf and get them out. So by putting it on disc golf scene, we're not hitting that target audience. You know, if we want to get more of our friends, more of our coworkers who are not not avid disc golfers disc golf scene is not how we get them we got to get out and talk to them in person flyers or something and there were a couple of guys in my work that i was trying to get get to come out but two of the uh, two difficulties was one we when i let them know i think we only let them know two months in advance maybe even a month in advance and by then they already had plans you know, like us they got families and uh, one of the other difficulties is we without knowing exactly how many people we couldn't tell exactly who was sponsoring the event or what manufacturer we were getting discs from and you know if you want to generate excitement for the event it really helps being able to say these are the discs we're having this is this is what we're doing but you know that's that's difficult right interestingly with uh with the group that we had and i we we did have some uh some of our friends that came out uh that are competitive and uh, I think I think that was fine as well. But some of the guys that came out, we had uh, a, a few that hadn't thrown very often at all, and uh, a couple. I think one of the guys, one of the guys out there, uh, said he asked me, "Can you remember the last time I threw?" I said, "Yeah, it was you know, the weekend last weekend. I got busy, so it's been you know a good week." And he laughed. I said, "You can't remember the last time you threw, can you?" He said, "Nope." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so I, I was glad that he came out and uh, whatnot. So speaking of that, another touchy subject is uh, the cost 
So uh, we we were advertising this as a twenty dollar event, and our goal was to have two premium plastic discs for each person and food. Uh, in twenty dollars, I I know there's a few of you at least doing that math right now. Uh, I will say we made it, but uh, <laughs> some of that extra came out of our pocket. Uh, some of the prize packs. Yeah, disclaimer in there. We didn't do this for any sort of uh, any sort of a profit. Yeah. We just we just wanted to get our friends out, have a good time, have some casual fun. That's right. Uh, so that's pretty tough. So a, a little side note on the food. Uh, unless you can get enough people to get some super bulk buying on the food, I, I can't figure out a way, and, and Matt and I have done a lot of, of gatherings and parties as well, to make it less than $5 per person for food. Uh, we did upgrade our, our hot dogs to, uh, they were fifth pound Hebrew nationals. They were huge. So they were huge. I can barely these eat are, two of them. <laughs> these are tasty hot dogs. We had chips. We had uh, we had some soda. We call it pop in Michigan. Uh, we had- uh, Fago Red Pop. That's right. Yeah, add in and some- it, Did any of you listeners drink Fago Red Pop? Please tell me someone out there does. This stuff's incredible. <laughs> Michigan made. Uh, people think we're crazy when, when, when you go somewhere and say Fago Red Pop, unless- someone's from michigan there what are you talking about that's right that and verners right yeah verners <laughs> um so uh, couple that with the fact okay i know we're we're dudes and we wear our napkins and our hands are plates but uh you need a few utensils here and there um some ketchup mustard that kind of thing plus uh charcoal lighter fluid just just little odds and ends that seem to add up using gasoline from your car gives the hot dogs a bad flavor so i wouldn't yeah, recommend that <laughs> it's not good so five bucks for food so that leaves uh fifteen dollars out of that 20 to come up with what we hoped two premium plastic discs uh several months ago discraft was doing a they they have their misprint packages and they had a deal on them which knocked a little bit of money off it was it was a really good deal it knocked off like what 20 bucks for the yeah, box something like that 20 bucks for the box and it actually made it, it like 20 bucks off for the box then yeah the box not, itself not, was <laughs> oh man i would have bought all of them no so we ordered uh what did we order we ordered a 10 pack of misprints we ordered a 10 or a five pack of buzzes and a five pack of challengers and i tell you what this ended up being really fun number one uh, big shout out to Discraft for those misprint boxes because I don't think we would have been able to pull this off uh, for the price without those misprints and that crazy sale. But uh, this this presented us with some really neat options that we'll discuss in a little bit uh, on what disc to choose. Uh, if you've got two, what are you doing with them and, and everything else? So let me jump in real quick and let you know what our other options were. We, we did a lot of research on this and there are actually quite a few really good options out there for, for getting uh, bulk discs for a tournament, uh, especially custom discs. Our problem was, I, I think we've made it clear, our problem was we didn't have enough people to, uh, to really do, we didn't have enough guaranteed people uh, to order something uh, a big discount uh, for a, a custom order good point good point but one, one of the leading option at that point was uh, discraft does have a really good uh, option for uh, custom discs uh, great price and uh, i reached out to them and they were really easy to work with we just ended up uh, going with the misprints because we didn't have enough yeah most people. of those places uh we, we did a lot of research and if you're looking to put an event together uh I don't think there's a disc golf manufacturer out there that isn't willing to help. Everyone was willing to help. Uh, Vibram, talk we to talked Vibram, to, and, and they, they had a pretty decent deal. They're a little bit more expensive because of their the, the discs themselves are generally more expensive. But they were very uh, helpful. Yeah, they were helpful. Discraft helpful, and they, they all understood because the minimum order on these things is uh, generally around fifty. Um, One last option we had was Marshall Street, which might still right. have a deal on a clear uh, clearance deals on Quest. Uh, I bought one or two just to try them out, and these were like dirt cheap. I think I got I got a T bone for like four dollars and thirty cents. So we, right. we actually considered ordering a whole bunch of uh, Quest discs from Marshall Street just because they were cheap. But we ended up uh, ended up deciding to go with uh, with this Crafts misprint box. Right. So that that perfect segue here, Chris. Thanks. The uh, <laughs> the way we set this tournament up, tournament. It's not a tournament. The way we set this event up. Uh, our goal was to have everyone, you, you don't need to bring your discs, you don't even have to have discs, but uh, everyone's going to choose two discs from the lot that we ordered. And a couple things that, that I learned there, uh, everyone has a, a different idea of 
of strategy. And the the newer players, I think we tried to coach them. Um, someone was uh, looking to grab the Nuke OS that we, whatever <laughs> for whatever reason, got in our box. Uh, we highly suggested that well, uh, a little they don't bit touch newer that. newer guy also. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't throw a Nuke OS all that well. I think it it's going to be a good sidearm disc, but uh, uh, that that thing's pretty overstable. So. We helped them with strategy, but what we did notice, the better players, they're still going to be better at, at the game. They're going to learn the new discs faster. They're going to understand a lot more about the game. Uh, what I learned during the event is uh, that we need to do more reduced uh, disc rounds. So I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I walked around with the two discs I selected, and I had a blast. We played 36 holes. The first round was a singles round, and uh, that that was on the short course, the short-to-short short over at Birchfield. It's pretty short. All par threes. There's only what? there's Other than two holes, everything's less than 350. I think so. Those, yeah. those two are closer to 400. But... Uh, pretty short course and very playable uh i i kind of expect to be a, a under par there i think chris expects to be several under yeah, par we, as well we get pretty disappointed if we're not under par there at right. this point so the the funny thing is walking out there with two discs that i've i've never thrown i may have thrown the mold i i didn't play that much different than my normal no, um, no. i think uh, i was only about four maybe five i think i was about five strokes off from my best yeah and i yeah from your best from my best so <laughs> my average I, pr- I probably should have gotten about three th- throws better if i had a couple more maybe a putter but. to me to me if i would have had my putter uh which is a judge still if i would had my judge i would have maybe even tied my best out there with just two discs and my judge so uh, that tells you something it, the other thing, and this is something that uh, I wrote a little article on this, but but uh, Chris, you told me this when I first started. You really do need to learn the disc. Uh, number one, you learn new shots. Okay, I'm going to angle this one at 18 degrees instead of 21, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm learning new shots. I'm learning the disc. I know if I throw it extra hard, it'll it'll either turn and burn, or no, no that one actually flies pretty straight. Uh, other ones, if I throw it really soft... You know, can can you putt with a driver or a mid range? Those are things you learn really quickly. And for me, what's even becoming more and more important is knowing how the disc reacts to the wind, different speeds and different angles. Because when you're throwing the same disc over and over again, I've got a couple of discs that I throw particularly in the wind. I've got a monster that I'll just chuck in the wind. In of a monster, literally a monster, not not figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I I throw I throw a monster into the wind, and I know what it does. But you know, you get down to a Buzz OS, and I gotta. You know what it's going to do. You're going to learn it on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I agree. So let's talk about some of the discs that were available in our package. I already mentioned the Nuke OS. You mentioned the Buzz OS. We had uh, a five pack of buzzes, but then there were several other buzzes in the package. And plus the Buzz SS misprint, which we which uh, Matt selected, and we later realized was actually Buzz. That's why it was yeah. a misprint. Yep. Uh, which it's funny because uh, I think he was throwing it pretty well, and uh, that one might might stay around in his bag. Uh, the let's see, several buzzes, challengers, uh, a couple undertakers, a heat. Mm-hmm. Um, so the heat is a pretty understable. That's your ace race disc from maybe three years ago. Uh, the undertaker, of course, came out this year. Chris reviewed that. Uh, it wasn't to his liking, but I, I actually really like the undertaker. Uh, and aside from the fact that, uh, the one that I chose for this event, the Undertaker, is dead clear. It is not a glow disc, <laughs> but it's just clear. We're going to have fun um, dying that at some point. We will die this disc. Actually, that's why I chose it. Um, but I really like the Undertaker. I liked it before the event, and I'm glad I ended up with one. It, it was a workhorse. Not so much on the short course, but uh, the second 18 that we played, we ended up doing uh, a scramble. That's a golf term, I know. Doubles. Uh, doubles, anyone? <laughs> so doubles. And we, based on the scores that happened in the, during the first singles round, we chose teams. So um, first and last and, and kind of wedging into the middle. That made things very interesting. So I don't think we've explained scoring for the event. And I'll explain That's it true. real Go quickly ahead. just because it's, it's pretty interesting how we end up doing this. You know, we, we have these prize packs for everybody. 
but the winner of the tournament doesn't get a prize. The winner of the tournament gets to sign a trophy, and that's that's all it is. There's there's no it, there's no monetary value to we, it at all. We'll, we'll put a picture of the trophy up, so please check the show notes on dgpodheads.com. Chris made this trophy, and uh, I when I opened this, he gave it to me as a birthday present three years ago. When I opened this, I really wasn't sure what on earth it was at first, but basically, what is it? It's a a mesh strainer on top of a a pail and it's spray painted <laughs> silver it looks uh like the the garage sale knockoff of a stanley cup that's that's how i'm <laughs> you don't describing do this, this. justice you, <laughs> yeah. you, you make it sound like a cheap toy <laughs> no it's amazing so the the, the picture will be up which there. is what it is i think i spent a total of five dollars <laughs> on the whole awesome. thing <laughs> it's awesome uh this is fun uh so far chris matt and chris are the the three sign um, I've I've lost on seriously the seventeenth hole I think every year three years in a row yeah so the way it's scored is we we go out for our singles round and we take the score of the singles round uh, and we put you on a whiteboard and then we match you up with a partner for doubles and thanks Don for that whiteboard <laughs> and then we we take this we add the score of your singles plus the score of your doubles round and that's your final score so whoever wins the singles round there's still a chance that you don't win the trophy so if you come in second or third in the singles if your team plays really well in the doubles if you score low enough and you beat the whoever was ahead of you you can still win right and one of the things this does the the main thing this does is it takes away the competitive advantage of those people who are good by themselves and it makes it less competitive it, it it makes it less personally competitive. There's still a lot of competition, but it people don't feel as pressured to get out there and play right. good on their own. We have right. fun. And we also realize it's kind of like Mario Kart where at any given time you can get hit with that blue shell and you're out of first. <laughs> you're done. To no fault of your own. Right. So if you played a great singles round, but you come into doubles and another team just happens to be playing really, really well, or you just can't, if if you're just not throwing well and your partner can't hold you up, then you just might fall out of first place. But that's part of the tournament, and that is, we have that's, to laugh that's at how it. it works. So in in reality, we know that uh, you play that singles round. Those that score well in the singles round are the only ones that have a chance. Uh, you know, someone might be out of it. We do give away a prize for uh, the doubles round, so each each team member gets it. This year we got a disc. This year was we had some prize discs, a prize disc for singles, a, uh, a prize disc for each of the doubles winners. Right. But then the overall tournament winner, the, you the overall the tournament winner, not only signs the trophy, but you are stuck with that thing for an entire year. Yes, you, you have, have to, to keep uh, it at your house. <laughs> you have to keep it in your house, and that's pretty awesome. So our uh, wives root against us because they, they, they don't want it on I'm the mantle. I'm <laughs> sure they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah. The uh, so we we had a lot of fun situations. The the doubles round we play on the this year was the short to long. So we're talking several holes over 500 and a few over 800 feet. Yeah. Um, we allowed you to use your partner's discs. Uh, you can't use the one just thrown. Uh, if if your partner just threw it, you can't go retrieve it and rethrow it. But uh, and that was a big advantage because uh, we'll we'll get into our selections in a minute. But I ended up with a Buzz and a Buzz OS, so I was very limited when it came to uh, to putting. Well, some people can putt with Buzz just fine. Right. <laughs> I can't putt with a Buzz Buzz very well. My partner had Challenger, and that made a made a big difference. I used his Challenger a couple of times and sunk a couple of clutch That's, putts. Yeah, and that, I think that helped you. Uh, we. My, my team, we did not have a putter in our group. So we had, um, I played myself, the Undertaker, and a an ESP Buzz, which I really like. Um, but also my partner had the Heat and a DX Buzz. So each of those discs had a purpose. Um, you might find it interesting that the uh, the putt heads in the tournament didn't choose a putter. <laughs> and I th- that was partially by design, but uh, both of us knew that we can putt pretty well with a mid-range um, for the singles round. Uh, At least compared to the, the rest of the field out there. Right, compared to that. And uh, honestly, the, the buzz to me putts very similarly to the challenger. I, I did a lot of putting. I disagreed, but you know, you, you <laughs> that's because disagreed. I don't putt well with the mid range. <laughs> right. I think it, puts, I also don't push putt. Right. I, it, okay. That is a very good point. So push putting with the, the buzz, it has a little bit of a shallower plate. So, um, I actually liked putting with the buzz a little bit better than the challenger. Uh, you've, you've probably 
uh, wondering, well, what what would I prefer if, if I were if it were discraft? Uh, the Roach is my favorite putter. Me too. But uh, the Challenger is a very solid putter. It's won a few world championships, and uh, it's a very very good putter. Uh, I I think it's a really fun spin putter, but I am not generally a spin putter. So the general strategy of all the the discs that we had out there, you know, we you can get the idea that we had with going with a Rodney went with a Buzz and an Undertaker. I went with a Buzz and a Buzz OS. We tried to cover a range of shots and tried to be fairly consistent. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this, where when you go to a lot of two disc tournaments, uh, we did the what was the one we did? We did dynamic. Uh, you and I did a uh, dynamic uh, the two disc. Yeah, it was dynamic it over called. at um, the Waverly course um, at uh, Grand Grand Woods. Woods yeah, yeah. So that was that was a blast, by the way. That was really neat. But the the discs that you had to select from were basically unlimited. I mean, right? Yeah, anything they made, and he probably brought nineteen, twenty of them, and different plastics, different colors, different weights. And that that van was was pretty awesome. If you haven't been out to one of those events, uh, I recommend getting out to those. We also uh, I played earlier in this year. You couldn't make it, but I played the trilogy challenge. That's right. um, Which, uh, for those of you who don't know, you're you're uh, you're given three discs, one from each of the trilogy. So you you got uh, what we got a driver, the Falchion, the Westside Sling, the Falchion was from Lat sixty four, and then the uh, Dynamic Discs Marshall Putter, and you're limited, and no one's ever thrown those discs before that event. So that was that was fun. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, that's <laughs> yeah. It's it's um it's good to hear about that because I missed that one. Um, but well, I'll make that one soon with you. So. One of the things that I, I thought was pretty cool, which we didn't really, I, I didn't really think about before the event, but when we got this misprint box, not only did not everyone have the same disc, there were different combinations, but there were also a limited supply. So when you go to a two disc challenge, you can get whatever disc you want. Uh, when you go to one of these um, uh, trilogy challenge, you're stuck with the same discs as everyone. This one, we actually had to choose. We went with a serpentine draft. We just ra- we we used random.org and Rodney pulled uh, gave everyone a number. One person got to choose their disc first, and then we went through. Whoever chose last got to choose first in the second round. So we actually did a draft of the discs, and that was neat because you had to pick a strategy. So you you choose what disc you want first, but then you have to understand if you're picking early, the second disc you want might not be available. And it wasn't something that we'd really planned out until we got the the boxes and we thought about it, and it turned it into it was it was really neat. That was fun. That was fun. Some people wanted a disc and they i think whoever picked first picked out the one disc that he was going to want the most because he knew the next disc might not he might not get it right exactly and uh, that's partially why so you're, you're standing there and i knew i would need a mid-range so i chose the only esp buzz on the table <laughs> and uh then when it when the draft snaked around to me again the selection was was uh was a little limited so that's why i ended up with the undertaker uh you i don't remember what position you picked but i think i was third maybe fourth something like that and you went with the uh a buzz and buzz os combination i did and which i played it played that in my bag for for a while that's right i forgot about that um i played it uh pretty conservative uh with i went with um with going for shots that were like right in the middle of of my range obviously mid ranges but i wanted uh, an easy one that i knew i could just uh throw everything i had into but would still fade to the left and that was buzz os and then the buzz was my more finesse disc i didn't go with a distance driver i thought there was a chance i was going to go with an undertaker uh and then i could use that for similar shots as the buzz os but i went with the accuracy and consistency and for the most part it played off there were a couple holes where rodney out drove me by about 50 feet because you know throwing a buzz os compared to a um to the undertaker undertaker will go further i i I got to bomb the buzz out there a little bit but it's it's understandable enough that i had to be careful yeah and let's let's be honest to our listeners here uh chris can throw that the buzz os um in fact i i threw a drive that i thought was one of my best in a long time and you were only 10 feet behind (laughs) me with the buzz os now i know you said that one caught your shoulder a little bit um (laughs) mine was mine i didn't hardly have any effort into this undertaker but uh i think what what was annoying to me is my team we were constantly 50 60 70 feet ahead of the rest of the crew but 
we weren't able to actually use that very often. Yeah. Uh, you, some of the longer holes, it really didn't matter. Um, uh, I, I probably could have used one of my own drivers, got another 20 feet, but it's really that approach shot that matters and that yep. putt that matters. Those are the two. And it, it, I believe that, and this, um, this whole event was good evidence of that. The teams that were able to approach well and putt well were the teams that really came out and, and won yep. it in the end. That made a big difference. And that was part of the reason why I actually didn't choose the putter, knowing that the approach shots were going to be the the, the right. big difference makers. So shout out to our friend Tim at Mind Body Disc. But uh, one thing that he mentioned while we were chatting about uh, kind of how he plays uh one uh, he he realized at one point that putting was kind of a weakness for him so he he has the two options there one is to attack that weakness and putt better the other which is what he chose is to become an amazing approach player which he really was so yeah. uh if you uh don't have a putter like chris and i in this event the approach shot becomes r- way way more important i was stuck with a lot of uh, there were 35 to 40 foot putts and uh from from 40 foot i expect there is a chicken outside my <laughs> there's window. a chicken right outside your window <laughs> that is great anyway that's distracting it's not uh, rodney's chicken it's not my chicken uh where was i <laughs> you stupid chicken um uh, from from 40 feet with my own bag I expect to touch metal on every putt. I don't touch metal on every putt, but I expect to. And uh, in this case, from 40 feet, I was, I was, uh, that's, that's about the outer end edge of a uh, buzz push putt for me. I was able to later get a little bit more uh, distance on those and I started touching metal. And in fact, what was it, our 15th hole, uh, I, this is the 15th hole of the second round. I was able to drop in a, it was almost a hundred foot push putt with the buzz. And basically that was the putt that still let us hang around as a, having a chance uh, until, I don't know, eight seconds later, Chris <laughs> canned about a 50 footer through some trees and uh, basically closed, uh, basically closed me out at that point. The interesting about that one was I borrowed my partner's, challenger to make that 50 foot putt so that's where i was i don't think i made a single putt outside of 35 with the buzz but i made a couple of putts outside of outside that circle with uh, with the challenger so it actually that strategy sure or that uh, that rule made a made, made a big difference a couple of strokes that uh, saved us so um quick let's do a quick review of the discs that we had the yeah. the buzz we both threw a buzz i i really like the buzz um, you're looking at a mid-range. If you've got a lot of power, it's going to do a little more S-curve for you. Uh, and if you have absolute rocket arm, it's it's going to turn over just a little bit. Uh, for me, I, I like to flip discs, and the Buzz is a fantastic uh, full-strength flip disc. It goes straight for a long time and drops softly. Buzz is an excellent mid-range. Um, I... I throw a Truth, an Emac Truth, which is just a little bit more overstable than the Buzz. Uh, it comes back a little bit harder, a little bit less turn, but it feels very similar and throws the same. And there's a reason I throw these discs is because they're they're great. They're finesse discs. They'll do what you want them to do. Um, so one thing about the Buzz that is pretty nice is it handles the wind decently because of the the fairly um, the the flat nose on it. I don't like throwing a buzz into a headwind. I have trouble controlling it. It turns too much. Um, like I said, I, my Emac Truth, um, I prefer that into the wind. However, with a tailwind, the buzz is one of the best mid-ranges I've ever thrown. And the buzz is extremely consistent, especially for not being an overstable mid-range. Buzz is excellent. And I I would drop the angle down. I probably threw this 350 a couple of times you did, in the round. You did. And uh, one of those was, was tailwind aided. And yeah. I, I actually used that as an opportunity to test a, a situation. So I knew I could probably, it was a wide open hole with, with tailwind. I knew I could probably rip the buzz and uh, get some tailwind aid. I tried the undertaker, which as you know, uh, throwing with a tailwind, it tends to be a little more stable than normal. And uh, this actually died off. And I'm pretty sure I, I would have seen another 30 feet or so out of the buzz. So just an interesting 
uh, thought there. Um, just because it says distance driver doesn't always mean <laughs> that you have to pull that out for your maximum distance. So keep that in mind. Speaking of the Undertaker, it uh, Discraft gives it a 1.4, and uh, I find that pretty accurate. Through the round, this uh, this guy was breaking in. This is a Z Undertaker, and it broken a little bit and that was actually helping me get a little more distance yet and i think that's when it's really hitting its flight rating so it's it's turning to the right a little bit for me and always finishing left and always landing um fairly softly with i I think it was mostly forward glide even though it was fading and most of my drives were getting out there about 350 ish with the undertaker and I, I really like this disc. It's a smaller rim. Uh, boy, this, this I don't know how they get such a small rim to, to go that far, <laughs> but smaller rim, very comfortable in my hand. Um, I don't have a small of hands of Chris, but uh, very comfortable disc. How'd that Buzz OS treat you? So the Buzz OS is a great, great compliment to the Buzz. And one of the reasons I want to talk about Buzzes today, not just because I threw them at the... Uh, at the tournament, but instead of just giving a regular review, I, I wanted to highlight how there's certain discs that complement each other in your bag, and the Buzz OS is an incredible complement to the Buzz. Where you know I mentioned I throw an Emac Truth more often because it's more stable. Well, if I were to remove the Emac Truth from my bag, I would likely be throwing a Buzz and a Buzz OS. I do carry a Buzz OS in my bag um, because I because it's so consistent. Um, but it's the the really cool thing is you know we talked about uh, we talked about lines in the last podcast, and the Buzz OS is ha, can hold an amazing line for me. I was throwing dead straight for probably two fifty, and then it would hook off to the left. Uh, and the really cool thing about the Buzz OS is I can throw it exactly the same as I throw the Buzz. You know, as we mentioned, I think in the last in the last podcast about if you throw the same line from a manufacturer, I can throw these discs exactly the same. And they'll take different lines, but it's consistent every time. And it and it feels so so much like the buzz. I've, yes, it really does. Uh, be, last year, before I switched my bag all up, uh, I was throwing a Buzz SS, a Buzz, and a Buzz OS as different discs. Uh, what a great combo that is! Uh, it's arguable whether you need that SS. Uh, I think if you take an ESP buzz and, and play for play it for a while, it'll break into that right turning disc. But man, those are great and they feel great. Uh, if you like the flat, flatter top discs, yep. uh, they, it's just a fantastic. There's a reason that's Discrest flagship. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I've I've got a <clears throat> excuse me. I've got a, a Big Z Buzz OS as well. That one's a little bit domier, but the uh, the Elite Z Buzz OS. I've got two of them now, and then I think you've got one as well. I do. Extremely flat top, and they they fit my hand quite nicely. One of the things that I really like about the Buzz OS uh, in particular is how it handles the wind. I mentioned that in general, I like how the Buzz handles the wind. I just don't like a Buzz in a headwind. But the Buzz OS, I feel like it's very consistent across all wind conditions. I used to throw a Prodigy M1, and I th- Rodney, you probably remember how much I love that disc. I threw you that did. for almost every that, single that, hole. That was a prototype. Yes, it was proto. Uh, great disc. The problem was it was a little bit, the nose was a little bit more pointed, and that I think that caused it to be somewhat nose angle sensitive, which wasn't a big problem until it got windy. Once it got windy, I could see the disc go out and it would start moving around in mid-flight and start taking some uh, anomalous turns in after I had released it, which you wouldn't, you know, it wasn't affected by the way I released it, but you could tell was affected by the wind. But the Buzz OS doesn't do that. The Buzz OS will take that hard, uh, that hard straight line and then fade out nicely and. It's consistent, so I think the the Buzz OS and Buzz are an excellent combination. I think that's yeah, I agree. Um, fantastic disc. We do have another disc to review, but I think I want to get to that in a second because that one uh, deserves its own little conversation. That that's fun. Uh, another thing that we did, bringing it back to the event here, side games, and oh, that's if, right. If you've been to a tournament, you've probably played somewhere or something uh the ace race we we attended last year they did a great job of doing the the uh circle of fire with the putters and we we did a let's see so we did a couple of those the closest to the pin um, far drive long drive contest l- long drive all of those things 
are a way to to make sure everyone has a chance to win something particularly the uh, ring of fire because you can somewhat rig that to uh to try to get other folks to win so but also it's different putting styles in the ring of fire yeah you know, spin putt push putt straddle putt turbo putt fireball whatever you want yeah yeah and just it's really cool to see that many putters in the air anyway so recommend doing that making sure that uh, everyone has a chance the other the, the final thing that we do and i i think it's called something different everywhere else but we have a little disc exchange and what we're doing specifically here uh that's if, right this this went over really really well this, if, this is going if you haven't tried year, it yeah. i'd recommend even trying it with just a group of friends it's, yeah so it's, it's really neat you you probably have some discs sitting in your garage car whatever that, or 200 discs. or, or yeah shh. <laughs> um people are listening the uh <laughs> i hope so uh, yeah you have a a set of them that you may not throw again and so what we've told people, bring, if you want to participate in the disc exchange, bring uh, one or two premium plastic discs. By premium, in, we, we mean anything from like Champion or Elite Z, the translucent plastic, or up to ESP, anything. Star, ESP, yeah. whatever. You set your own rules, but you know, no one wants to put in a, no one wants to put in a, a real nice disc and get and, a... And get stuck with a <laughs> DX uh, beast that's been sitting at the bottom of the swamp for six years. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a real big hit because what, what happens is... Uh, you bring a disc and you throw it in there. You, you're never going to throw it. Maybe you bought the thing because you thought uh, "boss" was an awesome name for a disc, and you realize that all the boss does is hook up and go straight left for you. And you don't throw it like a boss. You don't throw <laughs> you it like can't. a boss. You don't feel like a boss. So you bring that in. You throw it in the pile, and uh, or maybe you got uh, somebody gave you a disc. You know, relative found some discs in their garage and came. Right. Or maybe you found a disc on the course with no name. Right. Oh, man, you're opening a whole set of uh, feedback right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, bring bring a disc, bring two, throw it in, and we actually do in reverse order of total score. So the lowest um, score, no, the, the, the highest the high score, score. The lowest the, ranking. I don't want to call him the worst player, but the worst player <laughs> gets to pick first. And... Uh, we're, we're doing that to help them out. And again, there's maybe some coaching from, from some of us that know the discs better, uh, understand some of them better. So there are some discs that are a better fit for, for some of these guys. But uh, I think that's been a big hit. Everyone asks every year, are we still doing the disc exchange? Uh, so I'm glad that that's gone over so well. And something that I think is really, really neat about this, really encouraging is every year we have one or two people who have hardly played disc golf at all before. They have some discs of their own, but they hardly play. They don't know anything about it. They really don't have any discs that they can part with, throw in. They might only have, you know, three or four discs. So there's always one or two people that throws in an extra disc just for them. And I think it's really neat that everyone, almost everyone stands up and volunteers. I'll just throw an extra one in. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of the way to, to keep people coming, keep them involved. Um, and that's been a, a big hit. So do you have anything else to discuss uh, from our little event? Hopefully hopefully this was uh, useful for our listeners. I'd like to know anything that, uh, that w what kind of events could you do? Birthday parties, uh, you know, just getting friends together. What can you do to, you know, hashtag grow the sport, which, which has several different meanings. But what can you do to get some people involved? Uh, this is a fun sport. It's a good way to get people outdoors um, and, you know, actually... Uh, interact with people instead of uh, through text messaging yeah. and Facebook messaging. Uh, I, I recommend uh, putting something together. So if you have some other ideas or, or questions, um, we're by no means the uh, grand tournament director. There's a lot, a lot of folks out there that do a great job with that. But if you have any questions for us, feel free to hit us up. I know there's a lot of people out there that do things like, you know, go to, uh, go to youth centers and put up, put on events or get, get uh, work outings that's that's pretty neat and I, I think that's great to see all those and just uh, I just want to reiterate know your audience uh, we specifically chose friends and co-workers uh, peers of ours who are not likely to get out for tournaments if you're if you're trying to get a youth center or a youth group or something together understand you're working with kids and just just know your audience but Either way, just get people out there. It's it's really, really neat to see people out on the course who have not thrown very much before. Yeah, it's huge. So speaking of knowing your audience, let, let's talk about this disc that you're holding right now. There's a specific 
purpose for this disc? There is. So the specific manufacturer is Obsidian. Uh, I was recently in contact with them. They're in, uh, they're in Finland. Uh, I hadn't known much about them before, but I reached out because I, I saw they had a putter called the Splinter. And the way they described it was pretty neat. And I thought, hey, I'd, I'd like they, to try they, that. They said, okay, so this, this putter is like a rat <laughs> in the sewers and he takes in some turtles. No? That's exactly, exactly <laughs> what he said. <laughs> And they like pizza. And they like pizza. Call no, wait, Splinter didn't. It was the turtles. The turtles the like pizza. Tr- yeah. um, <laughs> Sorry. So this, uh, the Splinter, uh, it's a Splinter G5. It was made specifically for rain and wind. Uh, now, uh, Obsidian said that the uh, that the weather in Finland, they get a lot of rain and wind, which makes sense. I wouldn't know. I've never been there, but I take his word for it. And it makes a lot of sense. Over Michigan, I'm sure we don't get as much, but with the Great Lakes surrounding us, we do get a fair amount of rain and wind. So <clears throat> this should be great. Uh, this this is this is the most overstable putter I've ever thrown. It, this is absurd. So first, the feeling of it. Um, it's definitely, <laughs> it comes as a puddle top. It's a fairly blunt nose, and uh, it actually feels pretty good in your hand. And when um, we say puddle top, this is, this is puddle top almost like a Berg puddle where it's yeah. an incredible puddle. This doesn't come back up in the center though, and the puddle starts immediately. It start the, it starts dropping right at the edge of the disc, where, you know, Berg, for those of you who have heard my description or have held one, is a little more rounded at first, and then it slowly goes down. No, the, the splinter drops down immediately, right. and it's it's literally as if somebody held it up and just punched it in the middle, and you got it. It does look that do- way. So when we uh when we do the reviews we always do a nice profile picture but we'll try to get it's going to be tough to show the depth of that uh in the picture so we'll, we'll get a written review about we'll this at some point review. as well another thing to note uh before we explain how this throws and putts <laughs> this is this version is 168 grams um a little lighter than than we would normally but it doesn't feel light to me uh the plastic no. in just normal weather feels fantastic and very soft I, it's very soft um gri- very grippy grippy but not it doesn't feel like glue on my hands it and i have thrown it in the in the rain a little bit just tossed it around and it's got excellent grip in the water i mean obviously you start slipping a little bit but compared to almost any other the only disc that i feel like gets grippier when it's in the water is gateways organic plastic the organic, uh, organic yeah. magic which i lost by the way is if anyone finds a black organic magic putter you know hit me up the, the organic magic would actually stick to my fingers. This is not quite as grippy, but, you know, you, I actually didn't like how much it gripped to my fingers. This this, right. this plastic is excellent. Very grippy, very easy to, very so, easy to handle. So, yeah, we, and Chris did a little uh, teaser on this when we received the package, and manufacturer reached out and just mentioned how overstable this thing. Um, someone, uh, Blackstar Pori, on yeah. Instagram mentioned uh, how stable this is and all that. So I kid you not. I think I think his exact words are now you have a true Finnish meat hook. Yes, and uh, boy was he right. Well, yeah, but but the funny thing is, so I grabbed uh, what what did I grab the uh, the, harp, the harp a zone a, and a zone uh, and the the sinus reptilian. oh no yeah the scale the reptilian scale. scale so I grabbed those we go out in in the field and we're gonna warm up with a couple putts and that scale tips left the zone tips left the harp really tips out from uh say 35 40 feet mm-hmm. the splinter held its line that was it was the strangest thing we we expected okay meat hook it's just gonna drop so it, we're dead straight we're looking right at, at the this basket thinking, and then when it if you miss it'll go a little bit further then it'll tip left go a little ways and drop. drop but because it's so overstable it drops about halfway you know away from it, yeah. it only fades about halfway as much as a so heart does this is this is such a, a crazy disc because most of the time from 40 or 50 feet i can get a pretty good idea what the disc does right so, so we, we're, we're, we thinking, were putting this thing thinking okay well, like whatever these guys don't know what they're talking and, about it's not that overstable uh, chris is a more of a spin putter and throws a slight anheuser but but we're comparing to other discs that are, are pretty that harp's pretty overstable as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. so all right we're warmed up uh Chris throws the the zone, which he's he's thrown a lot. Understands that disc. Throws the the harp, and then uh, the the uh, scale, and then throws the splinter, and it almost turned into a roller the opposite direction. <laughs> That's how quickly and overstable this this thing 
is a tank when you're throwing it. So the putting from 40 feet out did not display the overstable yeah. overstable qualities. Like it putted like a normal overstable putter, but as soon as you get out and fire it, you know, down the fairway, it you, you it's amazing how overstable this is. But the weirdest thing to me was instead of starting to tip and move and fly, and fade off to the left, it was going straight. It tipped and continued going straight while it tipped. And then it took off. And then it took off. Yeah. So there's, I, I think the uh, the concave top, the puddle top, I think that plays a lot into that. I'm, I'm not a, you know, science expert or disc engineer, but this is really fun. Uh, I'm, I think we're going to do some video uh, showing. I think we have uh, to. That's the only this. way we can actually show the show. We'll, we'll how show it flips. Uh, for the examples of a zone, a harp, and uh, and the splinter. Uh, there, there's use for a disc like this in a lot of bags. Now we just talked about, you know, consolidating down to two discs and playing an entire. But if if you're trying to score well, you could take something like the splinter, and I mean, it seems like a great get out of jail disc. There's a lot of reason that you might want this, and then factor in the fact that uh, if it's windy out, if it's, if you've got a headwind. We, I think the most wind that we've thrown this in is uh, maybe a 25 mile an hour, which isn't a lot. I, I took it out at lunch last week. Did you? I, I cheated. I didn't tell you. I took it out to lunch oh. and, and threw it in some heavy winds, threw it, putted. Okay. Uh, so when when I putted in the heavy winds, it, it actually, it caught the wind a little bit more than I expected and it rose up a little bit, but because of how overstable it was, very, very consistent. It never got out of hand. Right. So just sort of. Now, the I was throwing it completely flat for the most part. When you throw it completely flat, it does get affected by the wind. It's uh, I think it's a three uh, three speed two glide, uh, so it's got a low glide on it. But the wind will pick it up. Now the interesting thing was once I put it on any sort of an angle, if I put it on an Anheuser, the wind would slap it down. Or if I put it on a Heiser, the wind might pick it up slightly and move it, but not much. So throwing it flat, it was more affected. But as soon as you put it on an angle. It it was very very unaffected by the wind. It was it's it's interesting. I still need to do a little bit more testing before yeah. I write completely out. And then the other thing that was uh, really neat about this was we would try throwing it on an Anheuser, and you you basically can't. Like, it won't go on an Anheuser. It fights you the whole way. But it, it the because of the way it turns, it pulls out and actually goes really straight, and you can get some extra glide on it. So we're we're out in the back of uh, Rodney's yard throwing at his basket, which was what fifty feet from the house, I think. Yeah. So I fired this thing on a big Anheuser. Splinter goes up, and I'm thinking, okay, it's it's just gonna flip over and fade down, hit the ground. But it didn't. It stayed up in the air and glided out. So despite the l- low glide that it has, if you throw it on an Anheuser, you can essentially force it to have more force glide. it and that, that goes back to learning the disc uh and knowing exactly what to do in, in and what I, situation i threw it further than the zone even it did and uh so yeah stay tuned to the the blog if you're interested thanks uh big thanks to obsidian discs for sending this over this is this goes down as one of the coolest discs that we've received yet. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it, the stamp on there is awesome too. The stamp's really the, awesome. I think that's the obsidian symbol, or is that just the splinter symbol? I I'm not sure. It's, we'll we'll get a picture of it there. Yeah. But the uh, the stamp is really cool. Very awesome. So I think that's going to conclude today's episode. Do we, do we have anything else? Nope. All right. I don't think so. Um, just a shout out to uh, to Patrick, and don't forget to check out uh, Zen and the Art of Disc Golf, and uh, watch for his new book to arrive. Uh, if you get a chance, come check out our blog at dgputheads.com. Uh, we'll have a review of the Splinter coming up pretty soon. I think we still owe reviews of the written reviews of the Thrasher and the, the Thrasher and the uh, Andro, Andro C. Andro C. So yeah, check those out. Uh, if you don't know, we're also pretty active on Instagram at dgputheads. Uh, we're on Twitter, not as active as uh, as we used to be. We're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Check us out. Uh, I, I would really like to know if uh, you have a casual type event that uh, you get your friends together and, and play. Maybe it's just casual weekend, disc golf, whatever. Uh, you know, hit us up. Let us know what you're doing uh, to promote the sport and uh, grow it. And just remember to get out and just throw.
Just Throw After Show. The Just We're Throw back. After Show. You know, no one uh, has left feedback to say that they actually have heard the after show. Um, but I'm just throwing that out there. I listened to it once. Uh, so you, you Holler t- if you're still listening. Yay. <laughs> so you were talking about how you cheated and uh, went through the splinter without telling me. Yeah. Yeah. I was on a golf trip the last four days, and uh, we got rained out one of the days, so I cheated and played disc golf without you. Uh, Where'd you play? I played Kenwood. So okay. get this, uh, just as a, an emergency, just in case, I threw a bag together with the uh, the Castaplast Cax Z. Nice. Uh, Good choice. A judge of my random collection of judges. And uh, what was the other disc? Hmm. Oh, the uh, Axiom disc. The envy that I just okay. picked up, just to go out and throw it around. So I always pack my uh, my nutsack uh, for <laughs> for emergency bags because it's small. How, how do you walk in. when you get it packed? <laughs> I throw it over my shoulder. Oh man, like a continental soldier. What uh, do you use your chain ringer bag? No, so you just got me for my birthday a, uh, a oh, small that's right. disc craft your bag. bag. Uh, holds six or seven discs plus a, a putter. And the, that's actually, the weekender, I believe. The, yeah, the weekender. Very good bag for just slinging over your shoulder, go out and play. Uh, I played Kenwood, played played really well with three discs that I haven't thrown <laughs> except for the judge, obviously. Uh, I chained out seven putts, though. And I don't <laughs> know if that's, that's a result of my previous several rounds being attempting to putt with a buzz. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I chained out uh, three putts from 30 35 feet chained straight through and they hit mostly chains wow. uh i'll mention it in the review when i when i talk about the envy but uh and i can't remember the plastic i don't have it in front of me but it's a slipperier plastic the atom you you did in uh the ion plastic is that right that was ion soft ion soft so this one is in uh, more of a slippery plastic and between the Wait, I, ion is that right that no might... ion's the disc what's uh i don't know I don't what know. What is we'll what have is to, it? Electron? Electron, electron you're right. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, MVP, our faithful <laughs> Michigan MVP, friends. I'm wearing your shirt. That's right. Hit us up. We want to come visit you. MVP, we know you're in Michigan. Uh, yeah. we, we would, we'd like to be friends. Uh, hit us up. We'd For like sure. to come come see your factory. and That'd be awesome. But, and, uh, and hang out. And hang out and be <laughs> disc golf nerds. So I'm, I'm putting with that, and it's a little chilly. There's a reason we weren't golfing, and it was, it was sprinkling. Uh, so the chains were a little wet. And I watched the disc spin on the chains and, oh. and spit out several times. That's, and that's then I'd, painful. And then I'd take a second putt with the judge and I'd jar it. So that was a little painful, but I shot um, one under on Kenwood, which is my best ever with three discs. I, you know, other than the judge, I guess two other discs that I really hadn't thrown before. So uh, going back to learning the discs, I learned a lot about that Cax Z. Pretty awesome disc, uh, pretty fun to throw. And for those that you don't know, I throw a CAX, and that thing is phenomenal. CAX Z is just a little bit longer, a little bit less stable. Yeah, it's, it's a slight, it's a straighter uh, disc, and straighter so it goes longer. Yeah, it's, it's it go, really goes longer. It's it's a great option for uh, for my slightly weaker than Chris's arm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, the great thing about Kenwood is if no one's out there, um, including drive time which is only three minutes from, from uh, where we were staying, uh, I can play that entire course in an hour, uh, which is fun. But uh, I actually saw several other people out there. I was surprised. It's raining. I, I walked upon a group, uh, and uh, I, I, I asked them. They told them they must be crazy to be playing disc golf in that weather. Uh, so it was pretty fun. But uh, I just couldn't believe. So we talked about some of the different lines. I tried them out, and they worked really well. Uh, it's you know I, I think we might have mentioned it before that one on uh, 11 is just crazy where that local told rodney that there's a line there rodney came back and said it's there i stepped up and i i looked at it said, no way no yeah. way i did not believe it but i said you know what i'm gonna trust rodney i'm gonna throw it and i tossed it and it gave me a long birdie chance i think i chained I, out on my birdie chance i but chained my i had a 50 footer um which my previous best was like a 200 footer there so <laughs> i had a 50 footer and i i chained that out as well but uh, i'm okay with chaining on a 50 footer especially yeah, on that hole yeah. uh but i had just par after par after par um finally got a birdie That's mostly what that ho- that uh, course does to you unless you can find the lines to park you, it for a bird or if you hit a tree and you end up taking, you a, end five, up taking a five yeah uh, but i had uncommon. a uh, you know there's a couple ace ace run holes at the end uh yeah. i had a, a bogey and two birdies at the end so very fun uh had a good time um 
What else do you want to talk about in the after show? Uh, I, I just wanted to mention those chickens. So Rodney's neighbor has some <laughs> chickens and ducks, and they just keep coming over to his house. I pulled up. Uh, I pulled up just a f- you know a few minutes before the pod and walked in. The chickens all came <laughs> running to me like I was going to feed them or something. But there's literally a chicken that was right outside. I took a picture so you all, you can all see the chicken. I mean, right. It's really honestly, it's just a chicken. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing but, special, but it, it is funny. Uh, one of my goals is to have a one of our bonfires here and invite the chicken. Roasted chicken. <laughs> <laughs> there we just go. Just coax that sucker right in there. But uh, yeah. It, that's part of the the course here too. Um, you can be heckled by a chicken, so stop by <laughs> if you want to be heckled by a chicken. Uh, so one last thing I want to mention, uh, if if you're still out there, uh, the DG Puttheads just joined Amazon affiliate program. Uh, so we're we're going to be putting out some affiliate links. Uh, I, we don't expect to make a lot of money, but the goal of this is just to support the podcast and the blog. So we're not asking you to uh, do anything other than what you usually do. But if you purchase on Amazon normally please consider just clicking through our affiliate link so that uh, we can get a small commission on the uh, the purchase that you make. And that would go a long way to helping us uh, fund the pod, keep the podcast and the blog going. And uh, like I said, we're not asking you to buy anything more than what you would usually do. But if you're already going to buy an item on Amazon, I just consider using our link. We'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, that would help. Uh, some some costs involved in this. We have costs to host the website and uh cost to host the the podcast itself so right now uh the podfather himself has been gracious enough to to cover uh right our our podcast he's, hosting right now you would say he's paying our protection money for us right now. <laughs> uh yeah so uh, that would help a lot if uh if you're willing to do that and that won't lead to any uh new costs for you either uh, just so that we can cover cover the base level cost. You know, we, we like to put on events too, and we've got plans to put on some more events uh, within the community, uh, getting some people out to play disc golf. And, uh, you know, like the event we just had, we're not going to make a profit off of it. But if we can get right. enough funding to buy a pack of putters to send uh, send some of the kids home with a putter, I, I think that'd, that's, that'd be great. Yes, we're that's, definitely... That's uh, down the road, that's um, in the long run. But for now, we're... Uh, we want to come up with a, a way to uh, raise funds just for the pod and the and the website. For sure. I feel like there's a pizza that we need to order or something. There is, and uh, Ezekiel Elliott just scored a touchdown. I'm playing him in fantasy football today, so yeah. Oh, you had to bring up football. I did. Yeah. Though, Rod- speaking of casual, the Lions <laughs> seem to be a, a casual NFL football team uh, because they can't win. You know what, though? You probably would be better off in fantasy football if you stacked your team with Lions. Yeah, Rodney had to rename his team to IR because yes. he lost, I think, three or four running backs already, plus I, a yeah, quarterback. And- everyone on my team that I drafted seems to be headed to the injured reserve. So let me know if there's someone that you don't like. I'll try to trade for him. <laughs> uh, well, thanks excellent. a lot for sticking with us. Uh, we appreciate all your support and your listening. And don't forget, just, just throw. throw.